for the next few hours, I'm beginning a, a small series on marriage and family. Marriage and family. <laughs> uh, in Egerton, they call it social issues. When you hear them talking of social issues, they're talking about relationship <laughs> between men, gents, and ladies. Yeah, those relationship. Mm -hmm. So when you hear of social issues, remember it, is, it has to do with the marriage and family. Um, because it is a big area, I'll just give an into a biblical foundation for it. And then after that, get into, I'm not here to tackle the real issues. Usually when you find people have issues in relationship, the problem is not the issues. The problem is the foundation. When there's a crack on a house, it means the foundation is weak. So if, if your foundation is lacking, even if your love is how warm, one day it will evaporate. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's a young man there with the red words here. He's wondering. This is meant to encourage you. I know you are fiancé. Yeah. <laughs> I know you are fiancé. Hey. <laughs> yeah, this guy here, he, the red writings. Yeah, I know you are fiancé. She's a good lady. Yeah. Huh? You know her. Yeah. <laughs> the people know, they know her. Yeah. But you are doing well. <laughs> uh, let me start with the biblical foundation. You know, I teach marriage and the family at the university, so it's a deep thing. You cannot finish it within a day. Uh, or no, not even within a week. It's very deep. But I'll, I'll start with the First of all, I want to justify why, why it is important. I need to justify so that I find out a gap in our contribution. Why am I talking about marriage and family? Is it just any other session? Mm. I know most of you have uh, attended marriage and family sessions a lot. You call it in the local churches, especially Adventist local churches, they call it... Uh, family life. <laughs> That's how they call it. And uh, they use it as, an, as an, uh, a platform of entertainment. They don't tell you what that kitu is. <laughs> they just say kitu yake na wananyamazi. Then you find, hey, people laugh until the ribs pain. Yeah. Next time you call them for that meeting, they will come on time. That is family life. It is there. Please, this session is not a duplication of it. <laughs> I hope you are listening. Because it is a good approach. In that Adventist church, even biblically, we don't call it family life. Do you know there's a difference between school and the school life. School life is full of funds. I we are Mujamaban. We got Namaita Okongo. It's very interesting. But when you talk of school as an institution, it's a serious thing. So in the SDA church, they have a special respect for marriage and family to the extent that they have a fundamental belief. The title of that fundamental belief is not family life. It is marriage and family. <laughs> That's how it is called. If you don't see the difference, it's because you are not alone. <laughs> there are many people like you. Okay. Let me move here a bit. Thank you. 
another thing that uh, uh, at in at the general conference we call them marriage directors. We don't call them ma family life. You know, in the family life, especially in the countryside, women tend to eat so much that they fulfill everything they are told with accuracy. So they make hot water for Mze. When he comes home, they remove the shoes. They do all those things, but still in the end, they are divorced. That is why I'm telling you, marriage is not an arena of bribery. You are never created to bribe your spouse so that he may love you. But I want you to listen. If the work of a wife is to make, to make for you hot water, the electric shower can replace her. You know electric shower? You just go to the shower and then you you put on the heater. And you get cold and warm water mixed. If her work is to carry your luggage, a porter can do it. Border border can do it. I want to move you away from that platform. I want to show you that you are fearful and wonderfully created the glory of God. I want to show you that that girlfriend you have is not only somebody's daughter but was redeemed by the blood of Christ. That fiancé you have, that, that boy, that man that you have is somebody's son. You too will have a son one day. So take care of him. Leo mze. Inzara niangadia na shangaa sana. Okay. So let us do this. I'll start by making a, a statement. The statement is that marriage originated was God's idea, not man's idea. We are the only species of creation that marry and they give birth through marriage. We are the only ones. Angels, according to the words of Jesus, they don't marry. And therefore they don't reproduce. If they were created a billion, there are still a billion. But man, just take a woman and a man and take them to the moon and go back after 500 years, you will find a village. <laughs> Clear? Village will be there. <laughs> Don't play with marriage. And that's why angels wonder. We are the only ones that grow by multiplication. That's why you are what you are here. And that's why I'm telling somebody, three years from now, you'll be somewhere in a house with, the, with a spouse, with children. They will soon come. So marriage is a mystery. Marriage is a mystery. Another thing I want to let you know that the, the idea of marriage is, is spoken in the first book of the Bible, which we call Genesis. It is in chapter 2, and I think chapter 3, chapter 2, chapter 2, chapter 3. But something interesting is that in those two chapters that speak about marriage, the word marriage is not there. You will not get the word marriage in those chapters. You check. If you get it, you come. I will borrow some money and give you as a gift. 
because I don't have that money, but I'll borrow. I'll borrow from that pastor seated there. You have something in your M-Pesa? Okay, now. <laughs> so you check chapter 2 and chapter 3 of Genesis. If you get the word marriage, come. Don't waste your time. It is not there. So now, uh, the idea, the biblical idea of marriage is bigger than the word marriage. That is why the writer's Bible in Genesis, it was Moses, he avoided using the word marriage. But he will use ideas about marriage. For example, Adam took his wife. Then you know he's talking about marriage. You'll hear an idea like, this is the bone of my bones. Talking about marriage. The, the flesh of my flesh. Talking about marriage. She shall be called Ooh. man because she was taken out of man. A woman is actually a man but in exclamation form. What you are saying. Yeah. Any man you change, if you change this and a few other things, <laughs> it's an exclamation form. Now, that, that's my own. Don't, don't take it, just my own way. Try to make it beautiful. In Hebrew, it goes this way She shall be called because she was taken out of. That's how it goes. <laughs> that's where you get the English word. And you don't talk, you just say, shh, 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 shh. Yeah. she's wonderful and fearfully made. So the idea of marriage is there, but the word marriage is not used because the idea of marriage is greater than marriage. When you come to define marriage, depends from where you are standing. If it is a cultural view, marriage is looked upon as two communities blending together. So this community and this community come together. So the husband and the wife are just a product of that blending. It is them who gives the final word in marriage. When such a people join the church, they also make the church board to be the last one in making a final word on marriage. Both those ideas are lacking. In some other aspects, people define marriage in legal terms as an act of parliament. That's why the certificate you get is called Christian Marriage and the Divorce Act, chapter, I think chapter 14 or 16, somewhere there. So it looks like it's an act of parliament. Uh, if you look at... Um, this textbook for CRE, for primary school, it is called One in Christ. I think it should be for class seven or class eight. There is a chapter there entitled Marriage and Family. And they emphasize on qualities of a good spouse. It's a good thing, but poorly done. But on the opening of that chapter, I think it should be on page 157 if I'm not wrong. One in crust, you check. One in crust either for class seven or class eight. It says, it defines marriage as a legal union. <laughs> a legal union. You see, it's a problem. Marriage is not a legal union. Marriage is more than a legal union. It's more than a legal union. Marriage is deep. If you define marriage as a legal union, then it means legally, you can terminate it. But you cannot. Because what God has joined together, let no man put what? Asunder. For you to put asunder, to separate what God has joined, you need to be equal to God. And because you are not equal to God, don't even try it. That's why divorce is fake. People who are divorced, when they meet on the market and the eyes meet, they remember the whole history. 
So marriage is very deep. Um, there is a verse in the Bible that gave birth to marriage. In that verse, is spoken at a time when Adam has been created but seems to be alone. And the verse is Genesis 2 verse 18. Look at what it says, Genesis 2 verse 18. It says, and the God said, let me open my Bible. Genesis 2, that is the verse that gave birth to the institution of marriage. Genesis 2, verse 18. It says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I would make him an helpmeet for him. Full stop. That's the verse that gave birth to marriage. That one. God, for the first time, made a negative statement. In all creation, he used to say, Behold, it is God. Behold, it is God. Behold, it is God. Every single day in chapter 1 of creation ended with a, an affirmation. But when it came to here, God says, It is not God for a man to be alone. And in this context, it's talking about Adam. So it gives us the impression that there was a time Adam was alone. And we are not sure whether Adam knew what God knew. We are not very sure. Uh, it is God who identified the need. It is not Adam. It's God who says it is not good for a man to be alone. And then the same God does not say, I will ask Adam for a suggestion. No, he says, I, God, would make him a helper meet. So we have a God who not only diagnoses the problem, but the same God goes on to fulfill it. And I want to speak to somebody here who has made a decision never to get married again. Never to get married, not again. I'm dropping the word again. Never to get married. Why? Because he or she has seen how the sister has suffered, how the mother has suffered. He has seen how a friend of hers was betrayed. And then he says, is marriage still relevant today? When you read a newspaper, the stories that you read there are heartbreaking. And I want to let you know that whenever you read something about other people, remember it can happen to you. It can, especially when you are in a relationship where a man is, is heavily on you so that he wants to control how you breathe, he wants to control how you, you talk, he wants to control how you dress. That relationship is very dangerous. So that when you talk to any other person, he wants to know why. When somebody calls you on the phone, he wants to hear who is talking. One day, that relationship might end in murder. I'm speaking to somebody here who's listening to me. Yes, I get you saying, but you are you and you cannot come out of it. will finish you. So this week I'm here for you. <laughs> you get it? Yeah, I'm here for you. And I'm also talking to that man who has controlled everything to the spouse. That was not how God gave marriage. It wasn't. Marriage was never meant to destroy somebody's, somebody's uh, uh, personality. It was not meant. It was meant rather to nurture 
and bless each personality. So, uh, and I also want to make a statement. Anybody who loves you more than God will one day murder you. That's a matter of time. If he will find you with a suspicion, either you have talked to another man or a message in the phone or anything like that, the same extreme love he has for you, not for God, but for you, that extreme love will, done, will turn sour. It is only when we love God that our love for humanity takes a new dimension. So, marriage is deep, is a mystery. So, God says it's not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a helper meet. Hey, that statement is very deep. It would take six months, but you won't exhaust it. The first question you will ask is this. Why is it that after God spoke those words, the next step he took was to bring animals so that Adam may give them names? Why? Study them and they give names. I'm reading verse 19. Genesis 2, we have read 18, 19. 19 says, And the Lord brought all the animals before the man out of the ground to see what names he would give to them. And whatever name he gave, that it was. Naming an animal is more than just picking names at random. It means studying the makeup of the animal. Then you match it with that scientific name. So when you read, I think should be the next verse. He says, Adam discovered that all animals were paired, but him, Adam, did not have a counterpart in the animal kingdom. He did not have. Nanataka msikilize vizuri na wafundisha pole pole. Kwa sababu, mukifikiria ni mchezo, I teach at the university. I know. <laughs> you may discover a student has murdered another student because of love that has gone sour. Go today in the disciplined forces. Nakuta police anachukua gun and a shooting mingine. Just like that. Because of love that has gone sour. Kunata moja hapa. Ana yo message kwani. Inasema kwamba niki kupata nitakumaliza. The one I'm talking to. Sio wewe, ni huyo mungine huyo. Hey, huyo, huyo. That message. Kuna mungine aliachwa, naangalia mungine amekaa huka, nasema, oh, yana aliniachwa, kaenda kwa fulani. Ataona. Those are the people I'm talking about. I'm saying this, this, this presentation is very important. Because marriage knows no boundary. If it does not happen here, it will happen to your children someday. So I want you to pay attention. So Adam discovered that he did not have a counterpart in the animal kingdom. So it seems that when God told Adam it's not good for a man to be alone, he had to help Adam understand what God is saying. Marriage was not given for sex. No. If God was solving a sexual problem, he didn't he need he did not need to bring marriage. <laughs> no. <laughs> you you can go to the market there. And you don't need even to give your name. You just need to say I'm a student from Egerton. You read Proverbs, it will tell you that I saw a young man. It is there in Proverbs. I don't know where it is. I saw a young man. It's a very interesting one. When you read, you you wonder what Solomon was trying to say. But it is very graphic. It is like uh, 
he's seeing something. Uh, I think it was, the, if I'm not wrong, it is after Psalms. It is Proverbs. Is there a Proverbs? Have you found the Proverbs? Yes. It is there, Proverbs. It says, uh, I saw a young man. I think it is there. I saw it somewhere. I don't know where it was. Uh, Pastor, can you get it for me? Is it chapter 6? Pastor, for Ogembo. Yeah, it is in Proverbs where he says, My son, listen to my words. He says in every chapter, he says, My son, listen to my words. My son, uh, listen to this. There's a place where he says, He saw a young man, a foolish young man, go to a house of a false woman. It is there in Proverbs. It could be early in Proverbs chapter 6, chapter 7, or somewhere there. I cannot be able to get it now. But when you get it, you'll always discover that without God, which chapter? Chapter 7, yes. Is it chapter 7? Which verse? Yes, verse 7. No, it is uh, verse 6. Proverbs 7, verse 6. For at the window of my house, he says, at the window of my house, I looked through my casement. That's what he's saying. He says in verse 7, if I had somebody to read, that would be very good. Please, if you look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. Who can read for me in verse 7? It says, yes. Chapter 7, verse 7 records. And beheld among the, si the simple ones, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding. Hey, is that which year is that young man? Which year? Second year or first year? Let us continue. Uh -huh. Continue. Uh -huh. What happened? Passing through the street near her corner, uh -huh. and he went the way to her house. Hey. Uh -huh. In the twilight, in the evening, uh -huh. in the black and dark night. Uh -huh. And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot hey. and saddle of heart. Ah, there he is now. So the young man has gone. Uh -huh. He did not come for the meeting. He just went there. Continue. Uh -huh. She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. Mm -hmm. Now is she without, now in the streets, and lieth in wait at every corner. Mm -hmm. So she caught him and mm. kissed him, mm. and with an impudent face, mm. said unto him, uh -huh. I have peace offerings with me. Hey. This day have I paid my vows. Hey. Therefore came I forth to meet thee, uh -huh. diligently to seek thy face, and I have found thee. How do you feel when they say, now, today is today? I know you are, your neck just goes like this. It cannot balance well. It just is like saying yes, yes. <laughs> Continue. Uh -huh. I have decked my bed with the coverings of tapestry. Please, we are reading Proverbs 7. Which verse have you reached? Verse 16. Okay. Uh -huh. I have decked my bed with coverings of uh, tapestry, with carved wax, with fine linen of Egypt. Hey, that's very expensive in beddings. Uh -huh. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, hey. aloes, hey. and cinnamon. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Will that first year come, really? <laughs> Continue. Mm -hmm. come, uh, come, let us take our, our fill of love until hey. the morning. Hey. Uh -huh. Let us solace ourselves with love. Hey. Uh -huh. For the good man is not at home. Where is he? He's, he's gone a long journey. Hey, and how do you know that he's not coming soon? He has taken a bag of money with him uh -huh. and will come home at the day appointed. Oh, that's enough. <laughs> you see, they're telling that first year. Please, if you are first year, you are listening to me, look at where your friend has gone. Mm -hmm. Which bus have you reached now? Verses 21. Uh -huh. With her much fair speech, mm -hmm. she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, mm. she forced him. Hey. Uh -huh. He goeth after her straight away, straight away, 
as an ox goes goeth to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stock so it's like a cow going to be slaughtered but he doesn't know okay continue uh -huh. till a dart strike through his liver as a bird hasteth to the snare uh -huh. and knoweth that, that knoweth that not that it is for his life oh my so for uh, first years who have come there is somebody targeting your life. But thank you for coming. You did well. But I've come not only to alert you, but also to lift those who have been victims. Because the gospel is the good news of the blood of Christ. Yeah, continue. Uh -huh. uh, hearken unto me now, therefore. Listen unto me now, therefore. Yes, uh -huh. O ye children, uh -huh. and attend to the words of my mouth. Uh -huh. Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Uh -huh. Go not astray in her paths. Uh -huh. For she hath cast down many wounded. Hey. Yeah, many strong men have been slain by her. So you ask the for years who are here. Some of them are no longer here. They came, they came first years, but when they finish, not all of them finish. Some have been wounded. I was watching, I was watching uh, a YouTube presentation on Tuko. I think it's called Tuko. There is somebody called uh, Meshak Simba. Um, he, it is entitled, How My Girlfriend uh, Did Something. He, she faked a crime of him and he was put in for 10 years. <laughs> I watched yesterday and I said, hey, this thing can happen to you. And uh, the man was crying. He would speak halfway, then he would start. You, do, you read it. It is on Tuko. You know, a good student is the one who reads. Watch it. It's on YouTube. I think Tuko, it is Meshak Yes, the, it is my story by Meshak Simba. He's a, he was a good, a, a very promising young man. But he, d he never attended this session the way you are attending. Because for him, it was a waste of time. If you think it's a waste of time, I wish you good luck. I wish you good luck. You watch it later. I know somebody's already there. Yeah, yeah, that one. That's the man. You see the two seated there? That man, you'll see him crying and wiping away tears. You, and he, he came to confess that 80% of the people in jail actually never did what they did. It's just because they like to get a smart <laughs> lawyer. Anybody can put, can frame you anything. They, she framed him that he, he, he did what? He raped her <laughs> and they took the case to a judge who was a woman 10 years in <laughs> the man today has gone back to zero he's crying for help from the public that's how love can be it turns so he says here many who have gone there have been wounded so I'm speaking to somebody here I don't want to go along because somebody else has to come in I want to let you know that when God set up the institution of marriage, that is not what he had in mind. Marriage was given for something higher than sex. It was given for something higher than bearing children. Bearing children was not the primary purpose of marriage. No, it wasn't. Marriage was given to defeat Satan, to conquer him. That through the woman, she will work as a reservoir to bring forth the Savior. That is why some of you come from single mothers. You carry the dream of that mother. You can't afford to say, I don't care. Some of you, you are the only 
child in your family that's an orphan. So when you finish your education here, brothers are looking at you. You cannot afford to say I don't care. You can't. We are talking of something very deep. And its consequences are almost irreparable. But I have good news for you. That when you attend this week, you will be a new creation in Christ. Because Christ, he says, let them come to me. So let me expound that statement and I sit down. God said, it's not good for a man to be alone. So I'll make him a helper meet. Now helper meet is a translation. The Hebrew word used is the word ezer. I'll make him an ezer. That's the word in Hebrew. So when you translate the word ezer, it can mean helper meet or helper. But that word in Hebrew, to be honest, does not mean musaidizi, as the Israel puts it. It doesn't even mean an assistant. God was not saying, I'll make him an assistant, no. He was not even saying, I'll make him a deputy, no. It's an insult of creation when you introduce your wife as your assistant and you as the boss. A woman has a capability of changing history. A woman was created with a power that is yet to be fully developed. So what does Ezra mean? The word Ezra is used in the book of Psalms. Now the rules of studying the Bible is that if one word is used somewhere and the same word is used in another place, try to see the meaning of that word. For example, in the Psalms, it says God is our Ezra. And the same word used here, God telling Adam, I will make you an Ezra. So, if God is our Ezra, it means God is our helper. Meet. Now, if you say helper meet means assistant, then you'll be forced to say in Psalms, God is our assistant and we ourselves are the bosses. And that will be wrong. A woman was never created as an assistant. She was created for a deeper function. Don't play with a woman. She is dressed with an appearance of weakness. But the deep inside, she can change your destiny. So, if Adam needed a helper, who would do it well? A person who is equal to him or a person who is less equal to him or a person who is higher than him. If it's a person who is less than him, then you don't need him. You can do it yourself. If it is equal to you, it might be argued in the same way. You know, I told you last time and I want to repeat the Bible says that God created this planet, all the things in this earth as we know them. He created them in six days. That's what the Bible says. Day one, two, three, four, five, six. And the reason why God did the creation was for two purposes. One, the earth was empty and was void without form. So everything he did was to answer those two things. He gave form to this planet and he filled it because it was empty. Those who have watched Mars, Mars is almost the same planet that our planet was in. So now, when you look at the, the way God was creating, what he did on day two is higher than day one. What he did on day three is higher than day two. What he did on day four is higher than day three. What he did on day five is higher than day four. He was moving from lower to higher. I'm not saying from superior to, in, 
from inferior to superior. No, I'm saying from lower to higher. That's how God was moving. That is why animals are higher than plants. And a man who was created after animals, man is higher than animals. Now, anything that God created after man <laughs> is higher than man. That's why the Bible says, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. But if you did not pass well, you are formful. You don't even what I'm saying. I'm saying, in creation, God was moving from lower to higher. <laughs> yeah, that's what he was doing. That's why animals that came after plants are higher than plants. And a man who was created after animals, man is higher than animals. So anything God created after man, yes, yeah, is higher than man. And uh, you know what I'm saying. I know you are not happy, but that's the way it is. That's why when Satan came, he targeted the higher one. And that's why when you look at a woman carefully, she may look like she's walking with the balls loosened. But don't play with her. You may laugh at her. You may say, what is this? But she's carrying the destiny of the nation. Who knew that that old man in Kendo, an embodiment of simplicity, he was called Obama. Who knew that the whole village was laughing at him, yet he was carrying the gene of the USA president? Who knew? It's like when God wants to hide something, he hides in those less privileged ones. Especially that lady that you kicked away. That one, yes. I'm saying that one. Well, that lady that you are having, look at your mother. Any woman that is despised is likely God likes using those people. We don't know why. He likes using them. You look at the Bible, you'll see the same thing. Women who are either single parents, widows, widowers, barren women, these women that you number second wife, third wife, fourth wife, God does not number them because they don't come from the womb numbered. You two have children. One day they'll be numbered. When you look at them, when God does something, he likes using them. It is after sin that man was told will be the head, not before sin. Now, if somebody tells you that you are the head, it means before that, what were you? You don't even ask yourself. I'm telling you that when God wants to do something, he likes hiding the thing in a in a creature that is very simple. For example, Isaiah says when Christ came and took humanity, he had no beauty or a form of attraction that we did see in him. Yet he was the son of God. I'm ending by saying this. The creation of a woman was God's brainchild. The Hebrew Bible says God built the woman and brought it to the man. He did not say he created. He built the woman. Uh, Dr. Matthew Henry, in his Bible commentary on Genesis, he said man came directly from the soil, but a woman came from double refined soil. Very clear. <laughs> and when you look at the review of that concept, no scholar has opposed it. You read SDA Bible Commentary, Volume 12, 
handbook of SDA theology, the chapter is the doctrine of man. The subtopic is the creation of a woman. It acknowledges the same. It says a woman was created higher than a man. Same thing. Nobody has yet opposed it. The only person who has tried to oppose it is you in silence. So when you do literature review, you discover that a woman has a potential that's very high. And I want to speak to a woman who is listening to me. Don't allow yourself to be misused. You are fearfully and wonderfully built by God himself. I want to ask a brother who is here that on behalf of Christ, take care of her. Jesus said in the parable of the Good Samaritan, any extra expense you will use in taking care of her, when I come, I'll pay you. Do not spoil her education. She needs her education. Do not spoil the young man's education. Let him finish. So God says, I'll make him a helper mate. Hey! That's what he said. I'll make for a man and build for him a helper mate. And you know how he did it? He made Adam to sleep. Up to now, we are still finding out how deep that sleep was. And then he took a rib from his side and built a woman. Please, that word rib does not mean the physical bone that you see it. Because when you look at the, at the physical, the skeleton of a man, there's nothing missing here. All the ribs are there. So the word rib does not mean that physical bone. In the Hebrew, it's a very deep word. It, seem, it is used for two doors on the temple. Two doors that opened opposite side. One door opening this way, another one this way. So they will say this door is a rib of this one. It's also used in, in, first, it's in Samuel where it says this side of the mountain is a rib of this side of the mountain. So the word rib in Hebrew does not mean the actual bone. It means God took this side. He took it and he made a woman. That's how he did it. And when Adam opened the eyes, hey, for the first time, he saw a creature like him. And he broke into a poem. In the Hebrew, I wish I had time. I would have given you that poem in Hebrew. But when translated in English, it says, at last, what? This is the bone of my bones. Hey, the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called who? Man, as I said, she shall be called ish, ish. And she shall be called ish because she was taken out of ish. That's how the Hebrew puts it. What, the, what did he mean by saying the bone of my bones? It means the relationship between a man and a woman is deeper than the biological relationship. You know, a woman is not your relative. A woman is stronger than your relative. You need to know that. That's why the lawyers are correct when they say your wife is not your relative. They are correct, but they are wrong when they come to explain the meaning. <laughs> so you are, you are special to it. I want to end because somebody is coming in. I want to say that the target of Satan is for you, for young people and also for a lady somewhere. Even if you don't care, but for the sake of mom at home, for the sake of the children, even if you don't care, but for the sake of Christ, give me your ear and listen. Marriage is so strong that God says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall not remain neutral, but shall cleave to his wife. The word cleave it's a very strong word. It means don't do it, but if you are to do it, you go to the shop and buy something called super glue. And then you put it between your fingers and you do this. You would know why I said don't do it. So
So the word cleave means the two will be cemented together. And the God says, they shall, not they have, they shall future progress, they shall become one. How will they become one? Through poverty, through sickness, through quarreling, through those fires, they will finally, when they are 100 years, look like a sister and a brother. That is why if your man is jumping up with the women, you be patient. Because <laughs> such a things don't go long. Pray that God sustains him. You know, sex will evaporate with age. Even to evaporate with health. The reason why our grandparents are always together is not because of sex. It's because of companionship. Marriage was given for something higher than that. The SDA Bible Commentary, Volume 12, says marriage was not given for releasing tension. That's how it puts it. It's much stronger than what I'm saying. Now, I end by saying this. You have done well. It's not good that you be alone. It is good to have a fiancé. It is good. But in any relationship that you have, respect each other. Let me tell you, don't reduce your relationship or your marriage to inspecting each other's phones. That we love each other. I can even give you my phone. My phone, can, can even go with it. We can meet even tomorrow. There's nothing there. You are playing with fire. If somebody does that to you, don't take that phone. Refuse it. Don't reduce your relationship to inspecting phones. Don't do that. There is a reason why God denied you the password of knowing what your friend is thinking. You will never know what I'm thinking. God denied you that password. What he was saying that even the phone don't, don't have any password. You are better off to walk by faith. If you, I spoke to somewhere in, in Eldoret, and there was a sister seated there, and she said, no way, I have to know what is in that phone. Then I said, I wish you good luck. Before three months were over, she was in the daily nation. She took all her children and herself, killed the children and killed herself. And she left a message. She said, I could not withstand after I read that message. God is saying, you are not strong enough. You don't have enough shock absorbers to absorb some of the things. Let me tell you one thing. You are better off walking by faith in Christ. Do not accept that. Do not be the type who says, like I, 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 this instant I keep on saying everywhere I, I speak on this. We went to see a guy <laughs> in his home, but he, he was, he had a, uh, a towel around here, so he went to shower, he was showering. So we went to the sitting room, and you know, he passes there. It is not well built, but he could pass there. Man, the man came out of the bathroom like a bullet. The soap was everywhere. Then he came, he almost fell down. <laughs> he passed like a bullet to the bedroom. Then we stopped what we were talking. We said, what's taking place? Then he came back hey, with a towel. Then he said, brother, what happened? He says, I forgot to switch off my phone. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a woman who does that. Don't, be, don't do that. I know you checked this morning. Yeah. And uh, I know you checked. And you checked this morning. Listen to me today. If there's anything I want you to learn, don't reduce your relationship or your marriage to inspecting phones. And even if she gives you, don't accept it. You are better off by faith. There's a lot I need to give you. I haven't yet do this.
come tomorrow, I will tell you what you have never heard. But I'm raising you to something high, a standard that is much higher, not a world standard. Do you know, there was a guy in Kericho during those days when we used to buy SIM card and you were not registering. He saw a husband and a wife seated somewhere and he had bought and he wanted to, to hurt them. So he sent a message <laughs> to the husband who was just there. He says, darling, I, I enjoyed very much when you came to Nakuru. Uh, can you come again next week? So the man did this. <laughs> what? Then the wife said, what is it? Then the wife read. He says, He said, yes, I was in Nakuru. Then the man talked and the mouth was dry. And the woman packed up and she went. The one who did that confessed to me after I did a crusade and said, Pastor, what can I do to tell them that I played that bad game? said, go and tell them. He said, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I hope he has done that. But the woman is trying to come back. I can do it. I can even do what is called photo, Photoshop. Yeah. There's a man in Kakamega. <laughs> People don't know what to Photoshop is. For them, Photoshop is a real thing. They just changed the head, they put his head there, but the man was in Mombasa swimming. <laughs> the man said, I've never been to Mombasa. He said, no, since you cut the sugar game, you have not been around. And the man talked and talked. <laughs> he asked me, pastor, pray for me. I said, I'm not going to pray for you. <laughs> this type of a demon, this type of a demon, do not look lower yourself to that level. Look at Christ. Look at God. And the greatest gift you can give to your fiancé is a Christ-like character. Take care of your fiancé. Don't tell a lady, I will marry you, when deep in your heart you know you are not meaning it. Don't do that. Just tell him we are friends. But don't tell him or ha, I will marry you when you know you are not meaning it. Because it sticks. Yeah, I have seen you, sister. Thank you very much. This is my sister there. The that sister at the back with the black one. Yes, I'm happy that you have never told anybody that. Remember, be like that. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. This is my sister there. Yeah, she has never said that. But if you said it, the Bible says you have to pay the vow. You love to pay the vow. But God is God. The Lord will lead you. The Lord will guide you. In every relationship that you have, the Lord himself will cement you together. Yeah. When you shall be looking ahead, I will show you that in the Bible, there's nothing called courtship. No, because the Bible marriage was not based on checklist. It was based on the word of the elder. May God lead you. May God bless you. I wish we ended this week with a wedding, a formal wedding for somebody here. Yeah. We would have him, the lady to come from there, the man from there, and I can wed you here. Yeah. If there's anybody who is serious to that level, you can talk to the pastor here, I can wed you over here. Yes, you, yeah. it's you. Yeah. Yeah. Because your lady has been telling you, Nilini, Nilini, we can do it. If we don't want it this week, then we can arrange one of the Saturdays. We do it from here and we celebrate it. I'll get you the marriage certificate from the government. We can have it registered and everything done. May God bless you. May God lead you. Amen. And uh, he who has an ear to hear, hey, let him do what? Hear. May God bless you. Let's stand up for prayer. <laughs> To serve? Yes. Nesai wefu, umai wefu mlei. Uniwa kulinda angashiru na shitebe.
Ulinda bana bana wabakaste. Ubele siye. Singalika nitindai. Ubele siye tihabi. Masomo kabu. For we pray all of this in Jesus name. Amen.